It's Greg, the Ski Physical Therapist, and welcome to the Legacy Podcast. I have a super special guest for today's episode, Abe, of the Ski System. Abe was a former Junior Olympic mogul skier. Now he focuses on helping skiers improve their performance from his background in skiing and also his 10 years of experience in personal training. Today, he answers some questions that I've been looking for answers for to improve ski performance and also advice for getting back on snow after rehab. Let's hear what he has to say. Awesome. Abe, thanks for coming on the podcast today. Super excited to talk to you about your story. For those of you that don't know, Abe manages the ski system. He is super involved in helping you just take your skiing to the next level. And I'm super excited because we both have a similar mindset, but he coming back, coming from a background in ski racing, um, just has way more experience in that. And I am just excited to ask him today about his experience and how that has transformed where he's at today. So Abe, tell us a little bit about of where you're coming from and um, yeah, we'll go from there. Yeah. So I actually, it, it wasn't ski racing, but mobile skiing. So I grew up, uh, I was a competitive mobile skier for the better tar- uh, part of 12 years in, uh, in Colorado. And that really shaped my childhood uh, as well as later on my adult life in seeking out becoming a personal trainer and a coach and helping athletes prepare for sport, get back to sport following injury. But my my childhood and younger years really spent in the training hall, strength and conditioning on like strong programs from Olympic level coaches and trying to excel in a sport and get to the Olympic level. So that's where kind of the background for the ski system came from, coupled with uh, going on 10 years now of personal training and helping people get back to the sports that they love, live a life that's active and try to help reduce the risk of injury in sports that they are doing. That's where I found kind of this opportunity to create the ski system and really bring forward high level coaching, strength and conditioning, but make it available for everyone regardless of where they are. So for people that might not have access to high level coaches, might not be able to get into a high level facility, but want that type of training that's really thorough, works from the inside of the body out and really prepares them for the sport. That's where I saw the opportunity to build this. And so I started building that kind of right in the heart of the pandemic. Um, I just, I think with the time, like so much changed and I had a lot of time that I could put forth towards the development of the website, the shooting of the videos, designing all the programs and then get everything out, building the social. And so it kind of took off about a year and a half ago, two years ago. And we have a a bunch of members on there that train year round that are, you know, giving us feedback that they love the way that their body feels when they get on snow. So that that's kind of been the journey. Um, It's been really fun being able to connect with people that are all over the world from the Alps to the Rocky mountains and get them excelling at the sport that they love so much. Yeah, that's super cool, Abe. I think just being able to use the internet and transform people's lives from all over is just something that I've discovered very recently. Um, I think the next question that I have for you is a lot of people that at least I see, they've gotten injured because they didn't know they could do any training for skiing, or they don't really like know where to start. For someone maybe in that position, what recommendations would you have for them? I think that's that's partially the genesis for the website is to answer that exact question with an actionable that 
this website is where you can go to start that journey. And that ranges from mobility and flexibility programs all the way up to multiple day per week strength and conditioning programs, almost on the like Olympic weightlifting level. For those that are like seasoned lifters that have experience, they understand mechanics, but all the way down to someone who doesn't, who maybe only has a couple dumbbells in their garage and a yoga mat, and they want to do something active. So it chooses exercises that benefit skiers at any level and then it gives scalability to the individual based on how they're feeling but i think one of the biggest things with skiing is that when people envision skiing they think of a very quad dominant sport because of the flexing position and that your trunk stacks over your femur so when they think of what should i do for skiing they usually end up with lunges and step ups but the problem is that your glutes and your hamstrings have a really big role in creating stability and power through a turn. And so that's a typically undervalued area of the body where people can train. So things like deadlifts, single leg deadlifts, reactive hamstring work, stability stuff from the ankle all the way up to the knee and the hip. These become really important things to work on that if you're looking for low hanging fruit for the average person to grab, these are going to be the things because they're going to help reduce the risk of injury for all people. They're not going to eliminate it because it's a sport that involves speed and changes in pitch and friction and uncontrollables other people, but you can help reduce that risk by properly training the body. And so I think for somebody who doesn't know what to do, might not have access to a good coach, the ski system, getskisystem.com, that's that place where they can go. You can answer a little questionnaire at the bottom that walks you through a couple of things about your exercise history, your performance level, what kind of equipment you have, and then it'll help spit out a guided program where you can go through that and see how your body feels. I love that they can take the questionnaire before they even get in there to get that individualized program. That's something that I think a lot of trainers, like you need one-on-one -on -one training to do, but the fact that your system helps with that is super cool. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's not a, a perfect system, right? The ideal, ideal scenario is that you have access to a high level coach and they can get eyes on and diagnose, but for 80% of the people out there, that's not the case, or they live in a small town and the gyms are very expensive for them to get involved in. So this offers something for everybody. There is private coaching on there too. So I coach individuals digitally through that. And that's a full assessment process. So that would be a much more in-depth kind of what you would see if we were in person where they go through different movement patterns and stress tests and things like that. But that becomes very specialized. But again, that's not always the best opportunity for everybody. Yeah. So I know like some people, especially as the fitness and the wellness industry is growing, they're like, oh, I want to start somewhere, but I have no experience lifting heavy weights. Do you think there's an opportunity for people to just start like from their home? And like, what would that look like um, if they don't have access to a gym or weights to start out? Yeah. So that would be it on the, the questionnaire. You can select that you have nothing. So like body weight only. I think body weight is a great place for people to start. It helps you build proprioception and an understanding of where your body is in space, which is invaluable, especially to skiers, because that is what you're using when you're on snow. You are skiing and you're skiing your body on frictionless sticks, basically. So if you don't understand where you are in space and how to move that, then that's going to create problems, regardless of if you're strong or not. You have really strong people that ski and get injured, and you have really weak people that ski and get injured. So how strong you are and how heavy the weights you're lifting are important in the reduction of injury risk, but they're not essential to getting better at skiing by learning how to train. So I always advise people to do what they can with what they have. If you have a garage space and a yoga mat, 
start with a bodyweight program, build proficiency there. You, you can get stronger than you are today by just using your body weight. If along that process, they decide to acquire more equipment, get some barbells, maybe they find some stuff on Craigslist, then you can always make that program more intense. But starting with the body weight is always a great place to go. Awesome. Awesome. Now, I want to ask you this question because I've actually got it asked a bunch of times and I've actually had some backlash from it as well. Some people have said, oh, I don't need to ski for train for skiing because I already ski at a very high level um, or I do a lot of other activities. Um, and another question I get is like, how can I prepare for like skiing moguls or skiing like off piece and become better at that? Do you think there is value in doing dry land training specifically to get better at moguls? And if so, like how would one go about structuring a program like that? I think that as a former highly competitive mogul skier, the biggest misconception is that like you have to train specifically for mogul skiing. Mogul skiing is a mechanically different execution than a GS turn or a slalom turn. So you're actually, you're driving through the trough of the mogul and rolling your knees over the top. So you're taking that force as it comes at you. When it hits your skis, you're quickly rolling over onto your other edge. So there's not necessarily an exercise in a gym that you're going to see where you go, oh, that's how I train the rollover of my knees for contact with a mobile. But there are changes in elevation foot to foot. There's asymmetries in the movement. There's knee flexion, hip flexion, dorsiflexion, and then a little bit of plantar flexion when you roll over the top. So there's a lot going on mechanically that you would see in other exercises. But whether or not you should train is, I mean, that is an absolute no-brainer. The idea that you can train yourself into ski shape is, is the silliest concept of all time. I mean, it would be like, uh, I'm going to box myself, box myself into boxer shape. I'm going to play basketball into my basketball shape. That's fine. And you can elevate a level of conditioning for that, which I think is what most people are actually considering when they say that is that they can get their cardiovascular fitness better by doing the activity, which is true. Can't really argue that, but it is undeniably false that you can help reduce the risk of injury by just doing the sport. And if you want any proof at all, just look to any sport ever in the history of time ever, right? Teams invest millions and millions of dollars into building facilities, hiring staff, getting the best people around these athletes to help them whittle out these little, little margins so that they can perform in their sport without getting hurt. And it still happens, right? You, it, like I said before, you can train as much as you want. And at the end of the day, if you're skiing and you hit a rock and you double eject out of your skis and you face plant and separate your shoulder, you you couldn't have back squatted more weight to not make that happen, right? It's going to happen because it's a result of this acute moment in the sport. But that person this who's saying that to you or, or saying, you know, why do I need to train for the sport? I already ski at a high level. Why do I need to train to hike? I already hike really big mountains. They all say that until they get jacked up. And then what do they do? Then they end up in a PT office and the PT office shows them that they have underdeveloped and overdeveloped muscles. They have asymmetries and they have dominant side and less dominant side. They're proficient in some movements and they're glaringly inefficient in other movements. And then the PT tries to put them back together so that they can go do the thing they like to do. Whereas if, and before that had happened, they had just been training the mechanics of the sport that they like to do. They wouldn't be in that situation to the degree that they're in it, right? They would still be injured and coming back from injury, 
But being injured and coming back from injury for a sport that you are amply prepared for is very much different than coming back from a sport that from an injury to a sport where you just kind of did the sport. And while we're on this topic, I think this is really, really important for the hobbyists because the people that are going out on the weekend skiing three days a week that are not skiing five days a week or that are flying to Aspen for seven days twice out of the winter or they're going to the Alps with their family. There's no group that it's more important for to be training in the downtime than those people, because you're you're hitting the ground running, you're excited to ski, you're with your family, you're with your friends, you're on this trip. And if you are not prepared, or if you haven't hedged your bets the best that you can, it's just risk management and, and it's poor management of that risk in those situations. Yeah, I am fully on board with that. It's like, I had a season ending injury a few years ago and there was nothing I could have done to prevent that. But when I hear people say, oh man, I wish I would have done a strengthening program to prevent my injury. It's like, well, that's all in the past and hindsight's 2020. It's like, what are we doing now to prevent like you from doing that again in the future? Because I'm going to be honest, skiing is an expensive sport. And when you get hurt and you have to miss the whole season, yeah, it's a huge financial like uh, killer, but also like the mental aspects of that um, play a huge role as well. Because if that is your livelihood through the winter and you can't do that, then man, like what are you going to do when all of your friends are at the ski hill? Yeah, there's the investment side of it too. Like, you know, you are you are paying a lot of money to ski and to get equipment, to get a pass, to buy lodging when you go on trips. There's so many factors that go into it. And I think that's why one of the costs that should be grouped into that is preparation, whether that's at a very low monthly level like the ski system on a subscription basis or a digital offering at a higher level or at an even much higher level where you're working with a specialized one-on-one -on -one coach uh, in like an Olympic training facility or something like that. The, the scaled options are all available, but doing nothing because you think that you're just going to get in shape when you get there, it's, a, it's an unfortunate gamble that can work out. But a lot of times it doesn't. And, and that's a really bummer for that person. And then also all the people that they're with. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, one other question that, you know, I want to ask you, because I'm pretty sure mogul skis are generally skinnier than like what we ski on today. But do you see a value when people are getting back to the ski hill, say after injury on starting on a skinnier ski where it maybe takes less mechanics to control that ski and then gradually progressing up to say their hundred millimeter underfoot ski? Um, no. And I, I would actually argue that it would be more challenging to ski a mogul ski for the average person because the lack of surface area underneath their foot and the edges are much harder to control because the tips tend to be a lot longer. So you really have to drive into the front, front flex your boot to create edge control, which most people when they ski lack because they sit back into the back of their bindings. Um, I, I would not, I would not do that, but I would also say that if someone is returning to skiing, they should be so far along in the recovery and proficiency within movement that they're not really thinking about the length of the footbed, like, like underneath their foot, because that factor is not going to heighten or restrict their ability that much. If that makes sense. Like if you ski a 120 on our underfoot normally and you get injured and you come back, you should ski a 120 when you get back. Um, I don't, I think changing the equipment might actually even be worse because now you're going to be trying to get back to the sport that you like doing, but you're also going to be adjusting the equipment and you don't know what unforeseen factors might present themselves as a result of that. 
Yeah, I totally like that opinion. Um, and that's what other people have said as well. So right on board. What about like, I know sometimes when people get back to skiing, there's this mental aspect of having fear and it's the fear that drives them into the backseat. Are there anything that you can do on dry land to kind of um, get over that fear or prepare the body to stay like centered over the skis or any exercises that you've thought of that are helpful? I think first and foremost, the, the most valuable thing that anyone can ever do is train. Because if you train, you build movement proficiency, you're strong through multiple ranges of motion. You have the opportunity to learn about your range of motion. So if you lack mobility, you can build it out. So physical preparation is by and large the most important thing. That's why every single ski club across the country does two, three month dry land training with all their athletes, whether it's a school program or a club program, because that preparation period, which we're about to be in October, November, December, becomes really, really valuable. So the best thing you can do is prepare physically. Uh, as far as skiing forward flex in your boot, which everyone should do, or skiing back seat, I'm not so sure it comes from fear as it comes from awareness. A lot of people don't know that they get edge control by driving into the front flex of their boot. They just have learned to balance on their skis sitting in somewhat of a seated position, almost like they're about to get ready to sit in a chair. It's very tough to teach people out of that because you have to find a pitch on a hill where they can go into the front of their boots without a big risk. So if someone's on a cat track, you can hold their poles in front of them while they hold them, have them flex into the front of their boot and feel that speed's going to increase, but edge control is going to increase. And then you can back them out of that. If you're trying to get that done on like a stem Christie turn or a really steep pitch, the speed that they gain by getting in the right position is it's too much. And so they kick back out of that and now they've lost control. So I think that the first thing that people can do, I, I mean, you could do this on dry land is to get in your boots, get in your skis on a flat surface and just experiment. What does it feel like when I flex all the way into the front of the tongue of my boot and where does my distribution go? And if I back out of that, what does that feel like? And what they'll notice first of all is just shin and calf pressure because those two things are going to switch as you go against the boot. And because their skis on a flat surface, they're not getting that much change unless it's a really flexible ski and you start to elevate the tails. But that understanding of the two positions, just feeling it, maybe even closing your eyes and feeling that gives you that feedback. And then you can try to replicate that on snow. But it, it is a tough thing to understand. And it's by far the most common mistake that you see skiers make if you're just assessing their ability from like a profile view or watching them ski down the hill. Yeah, absolutely. I love that recommendation, Abe. Um, honestly, some super, super good recommendations for people that are kind of in that transition phase from outside of rehab, getting back onto snow, or even for that skier that's been skiing a long time and just trying to take it to the next level. I know you've been um, um, mentioning ski training on dry land, and that's something that I try and promote all the time. And I want to give you a chance to talk about your ski system and how that can really help someone. So um, if you want to take that chance right now and go ahead and tell our listeners, um, what is the ski system and how can they learn more about it? Yeah, the Ski System is a website that offers customized personal training on a do-it-yourself basis. So there's over 50 individualized programs on there that scale from two to three days a week, scale from strength to flexibility. You can combine programs to run them simultaneously. So a lot of people will do a strength and conditioning program at the same time that they do a mobility program. And they're essentially 
the best way to prepare yourself for the season. Any exercise that's in there is going to have a breakdown video that you can click on. So if you're unsure on the form, I've already demonstrated it for them. And this can be done on a monthly, quarterly, or annual basis, depending on how much skiing you're going to do, when you want to prepare for the season. And then it's also the social media account at the Get Ski System, or actually, sorry, it's at the Ski System. Jeez. Uh, that and the website together make up the whole uh, offering. And then there's private individual coaching on there as well. So I train a handful of people digitally like this via Zoom on custom programs that I built out for them based on a seven point assessment and a couple stress tests that help them best prepare for the season. So I help people train from anything for weekend warriors up to heli ski trips that they're going on with family. And everything can be found at getskisystem.com. Awesome. That is so great, Abe. I, I will definitely link that in the show notes if in case they want the hyperlinks to get that. But I appreciate you coming on the show today. Really helpful, very insightful. And I know it's going to help a ton of people that are listening. But um, if uh, people are looking to like just meet you out there on the ski hill um, or meet me on the ski hill or just get questions answered, definitely hit us up on social at the ski PT or at ski get the ski or at the ski system. Yep. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll help you out from there. Awesome. Thank, thank you for having me on. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Legacy Podcast. If you like what you're hearing, please share this podcast with your ski community and follow it so you don't miss another episode. Also, if you have a cool story and would like to be featured on the podcast, please reach out to the team. Lastly, if you're interested in working with me, you can book a strategy call at www.meettheskipt.com where I'll help you figure out the next best steps to keep you moving towards your journey of a lifetime of skiing.